many times have you thought, I would love to do this or that? Maybe write a book, start a charity, create a kid's puppet show, build a sustainable clubhouse, go on the trip of a lifetime, create a production company, whatever that thing is for you, I hope this podcast inspires you to believe you can. I'm Karen Vaughan and this is the Get Off The Bench Podcast. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench Podcast. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode, um, me talking about Cambodia. I didn't give you all of the details because I would have been there forever, but I think I gave you a nice recap in about 30 minutes couple of things I talked about, or one of the things I talked about was um, the hero rats and Apopo rats. And I said, I think they deserve their own podcast, their own episode. So that's what I'm doing today. Now, you may be thinking, wait a second, last week you said uh, that we would be hearing from Amy the Good Nurse. Yes, I did. And I also said that sometimes um, things don't go to plan. And Frankly, when you're doing podcasts, many things don't go to plan. Now, Amy is uh, was very apologetic and really, really sorry, but she is off exploring in her RV and at the moment is situated in the jungle and sent me a very apologetic um, message saying she just can't get her internet to connect properly. So Amy is still coming on. We are rescheduling. So hang on, hang in there for that, and it gives you plenty of time to go watch The Good Nurse and the other documentary, Catching a Killer Nurse, uh, before um, you hear from Amy on the podcast. So that'll be good if you've actually got it in your mind, and you can you you can rewatch the movie while she's talking. It'd be it'll be fantastic. But today I want to talk about a popo rats, and it's um. When we were in Cambodia, we went to the killing fields, which was, as I spoke about, was just bloody awful. And by the way, we went to the Siem Reap ones and the really bad ones, like the Tower of Skulls and S21, are in Phnom Penh. And we didn't go to those. Um, It's kind of still on my wish list, but very, I'm quite hesitant about it because I know how much the smaller one, Siem Reap, impacted me but just up the road from there is a popo rats now this is um a a place where they where they train rats well they don't actually train them they get trained in tanzania and then they come over but they do do still continue their training but these rats clear landmines now just to go back a little bit it was founded in I think 95 96 by Bart Wegens who is a a guy from Belgium who was looking for solutions to landmine clearing and the the problem is many using a human a human's too heavy um and you know if if, if they're trying to detect them with what do you call it? metal detectors, you know, they, they could accidentally stand on them. The other thing is too that dogs are too heavy because it takes five kilos to set off a landmine and dogs were blowing up too. So like what, what do we do and how do we do it? And landmines is a really um, 
a really serious issue. I think that a lot of us have it in our minds. Oh, we think about the Vietnam War and we think about stuff like that and think, yeah, but that was back then. And now, you know, now we're not, that's, the war's not happening and therefore it's safe. But it's absolutely not safe. There are so many countries around the world that still have active landmines and other forms of ammunition sitting there just waiting to explode. And one thing that I felt perfectly safe in Cambodia, however, I was fully aware that there were many landmines around the place and there's still a lot in Siem Reap, still a lot in Cambodia. But the trick was, of course, and any any fool should know this, is stick to the well-beaten path. You know, if there's a there's a track, stay on the bloody track and don't go wandering out into the jungle that hasn't been demined. So if you ever go to one of these countries, um, keep, keep that in mind because there are still active many, 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 like I'm talking... I'm talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of land, active landmines still around the world. So then Bart found this. Um, he read about a guy that was using um, gerbils, and so he started to explore that a lot more and, and started to look at rats, knowing he had rats of his own and looking at how intelligent rats were. And, you know, I think that we look at them as rodents and... Oh, I'm going to kill the rats and put out the rat sack and God knows what. And we say all these things. We're going to chew through the wires and cause a fire. Yes, that might be true. But they are such intelligent animals and they make really bloody good pets. So, But what they also do is make very good deminers. So he ended up sort of settling on and realizing that the most, uh, I guess, suitable rat was the African giant pouched rat. And they are from Tanzania. Now, they train them in Tanzania and it costs around oh, five or six thousand US and about nine to 12 months to train one rat. And they train them by clicker training and, you know, rewarding them with food and that sort of stuff, starting with uh, starting with them finding uh, food and then they turn that they change that over to food and TNT and then to TNT and so when they scratch the TNT they they get a reward and so the other thing too is that these rats are only one to one and a half kilos so they're not going to set off a mine and it's safe to have them out there so these rats can clear the area of a tennis court in 30 minutes and if you were to do the old system of a human with a metal detector clearing the the space the, the area of a tennis court that would take four days so they're exceptionally fast and, and it's less risk of anyone blowing up and when we were over in Cambodia we watched a display of this and it was utterly fascinating and they the rat would come out in their cage and I can tell you what I'll first let me talk about animal welfare um, there was somebody in our group who said what if a rat bites me because we got to cuddle them and it was absolutely beautiful and the guy said these rats have had more vaccinations than than you will ever have they're cleaner than you and and I really love that because um their the animal welfare is is first class because clearly they want these rats to be um in peak 
you know, peak condition and because they want to save lives. And when the rats retire, they actually, re- they don't, nothing happens to them. They just stay there retired, playing on their wheels and, you know, playing in their outdoor area and they just, they live a wonderful, wonderful life. So I really love that. They're not like in other industries where an animal's, you know, is no, no use to a human anymore, so they do horrible things to them. That doesn't happen to these rats, which is really fantastic. So they also use dogs. Um, so Apopo, which is the name of the company, also has dogs. Now, dogs are a lot heavier and they do use them for demining, but they use them to sniff out an area with TNT in them and then the rats uh, go in and do, do the minute little work. Oh, and I was telling you how it works. So two guys, they so the, 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 the rat comes out of the out of the evidence its little cage and it just knows what to do it's fabulous with a little harness on and let's say you had the size of a, a tennis court so they'd put they make markers that uh, along the side you know to mark out a size of a tennis court now two two men have like tape measure harnesses or, or tape measures attached to the harness and each guy sort of they, they let the rat move from side to side across this sweeping across the what would be the width of the tennis court size area. And when it finds TNT of any kind, so it could be bullets, it could be grenades, it could be landmines, it will scratch that area. And then they call it back with a clicker and give it food and then it goes back to that area and scratches again. And if it scratches twice like that, then the guys have got, with the tape measures, they can actually measure exactly where from the sidelines this, um, you know, the the TNT, whatever it is, uh, is placed. And they can scratch right down. I think they can, um, they're not buried that deep, but I think they can dig down, well, it was, was quite, quite a few, quite a lot of inches. So they would, they could definitely smell it um, buried as low as mines are buried. I can't remember all the information, you know, I wish I could, but it was just, it was just fascinating. And I know, I know you you guys will find this really, really intriguing. And so then what they do, so let's say they've, they've, they've cleared this space and uh, they've, they've marked all the points where all the, any landmines are, then people come in and with all their gear on, you know, their protective, protective gear, and they'll, they'll, they'll scratch away to get the the soil or sand or whatever it is around it out until they can find it and then they don't pick it up or anything like that they put sandbags around it and then drop a sandbag onto it and it explodes so that they're they're actually actively deactivating them out in the field now I can't remember exactly how this works then but once they once they designate that this area is safe they um like grade it you know and then they give it back to the farmers so they say this here you you start you start farming this land because it's now clear so they're giving all this land back to you know back to the local communities and so far they've returned 95 million square meters of land back to local communities. Now they do operate in many countries around the world. So I think there's about uh, maybe eight countries around the world, some in uh, like 
Cambodia, Vietnam, and a f some in Africa, but there's others. Anyway, I, I can't remember. I can remember if I have a look, and I'll be clicking my computer, so I apologize, but I'll, I'll do it in a minute. But in Cambodia alone, they have returned 48 million square meters back to local communities. Now, that is huge because then all that area can they can start to farm it and start to grow crops and everything else and the other thing is too that they were farming with tractors and cows and clearly they will um, de detonate a landmine so farm farmers were trying to farm but um, themselves or their animals being blown up let me just have a look at um where they are I'll, I'll do that in a minute where they operate i'll give you the countries but i don't think that's that important to you at the minute so what's the other thing there's about 20 rats in cambodia and they've got they all come from tanzania they're let me tell you what they've cleared first so they have cleared worldwide a hundred and sixty thousand landmines and other dis other explosives so they've destroyed them and in just in Cambodia it's around 50,000 of that 160,000 and there's something like 200,000 left in Cambodia or something like that it's massive there's so many landmines still out there um, and so far worldwide they have freed two about two and a quarter million people from the threat of explosives. Now that's two and a quarter million people who can now, um, who now have the opportunity to use their land again to start making an income. So now this is just rats and, well, and dogs, but you know, the, the rats are doing all this minute work. I think this is bloody fantastic. I'm going to try and get Bart Weijans, um onto the podcast. I'm sure he's much more um, expert about it than what I am. I'm just giving you um, everything that I can think of and remember. And I've got a couple of web pages open at the moment looking at them. But I would, I, I hope I can get him on because I think his journey and, and the whole story will be absolutely fascinating. Now, not only do these uh, rats detect explosives and and so this is landmines and all other forms of ammunition but they also now detect uh, tuberculosis so they have been uh, I'll have to I'm going to click because I'm going to go to um, the tuberculosis page and um, of course I can't find it right when I'm trying to tell you that but hero rats. No, I'll come back to that if I can find it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Detecting d tuberculosis um, and the impact of that. I think that is incredible that they, if they can, if they can, their sniffers are obviously very good. In fact, I learned that their sniffers, their noses are better than dogs' noses. So that's incredible. They can sniff out explosives and they can sniff out tuberculosis. So you know what else what else can they do like i think that's just incredible so so far they have detected 28000 um cases of tuberculosis and they have halted uh nearly 300000 potential tuberculosis infections and the the increase of the 
in the in the clinic detection rate is 51%. I think that's huge. Uh, so here's the countries, actually. Tanzania, Mozambique, Ethiopia. That's for um, uh, tuberculosis. And if I go back to um, the landmines, where we work, here we are. I'll tell you the countries that they're in. I don't know if you want to know this, but I'm still going to tell you anyway. Uh, Cambodia, Angola, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Vietnam, Laos, Thailand, yeah, so that's where they're working, which I think that that's fantastic. And hopefully they would get to spread it even further, but they are the countries that uh, have the most landmines. Now, what else do I want to tell you about? Oh, they are also being trained for um, search and rescue for collapsed buildings. So to, to detect anybody trapped under the rubble. So I, I think that's bloody fascinating. We got to cuddle one. We weren't not really cuddle. We just got to hold it. And they are just beautiful. They're giant, like they're the size of a possum. And they're really, or a big squirrel, you know, for anyone who's not, doesn't know how big a possum is. But they were just um, like, like, and not, not the big, possums are little ringtail possums that kind of size and just beautiful and they would lick you I don't know why they lick but they are so gentle and so sweet I think we've got to um you know reconsider rats rethink how we treat them I know I do understand how they can be a problem and everything else but I think we've got to start looking at seeing rats as a really intelligent creature and not as a rodent you know start thinking about um i don't know just the fact that they they think they feel they're actually an asset to humanity or can be do you you know and we've we've i think we, we live with this old rhetoric you know everything that we hear we believe and everything that we um you know is handed down to us kill the bloody rats you know this sort of thing and, and we, we've got to sort of learn to think for ourselves and go well hang on a minute is it is is that the truth? Anyway, I won't go. I'm going down an animal rights path, so I'll, I'll pull myself back. There was something else that I was wanting to tell you. Oh, if you if you were interested in this, you can also uh, sponsor a rat or a dog, and um, for less than twenty dollars a month, and so that that goes towards. Um, you know, their health care, their well-being, you know, feeding them, um, helping to buy in new rats, because as I said, they're five to six thousand US per rat. So it's not like they can be buying a lot of them in. But there are so many landmines that uh, it need to be need to be um, detected and disarmed. And uh, there's they can only do what they can do with the rats they've got and so clearly they need more money so you can actually sponsor a rat for um less than twenty dollars a month or you can add add more to that if you like um so the website is apopo.org and apopo is a p o p o a popo and yeah I, i don't know i think that's that's probably all I need to say on this, but I really wanted to give these guys, these beautiful little guys, a an episode all to themselves because, one, I care that we look at animals differently. Um, two, 
I I think that oh, we we don't realize how many people are living in the world that are unable to just have freedom and just to live on their land and to farm their land. You know, like some of them have got no other way of to to get income. We kids can't play out in the fields because they don't know if their legs are going to get blown off and. I think that when we come from a privileged country, we don't realize that we don't we don't realize any of this, and we all know there's landmines, or we all know there was, and and we kind of go, yeah, but it doesn't really affect me. And I, I think that as humanity, we're all connected. You know, we're all part of a bigger web. We're we're made of energy. Um, all of our energy is connected. We're all together. We have to look out for each other. We have to look after each other. And just saying that, well, this is happening in other countries. It doesn't affect me. Well, that doesn't really cut it. And I'm not saying that everybody has to go give money to everything I put on here. But, you know, if one of the things that I do put on the, on, on these episodes sort of touches your heart or sort of resonates with you and you can spare a cup of coffee each week, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think generosity is a really good thing. And I, I really do get it that, that, that some people are just not in that position to do that. I get, I get that completely. But I think if we extend our kindness and our generosity and our love to other people and particularly even to people that we will never get to meet, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's a measure of humanity is reaching out like that. So anyway, um, please go check out this website, apopo.org, and have a look at the great work they're doing. I just see there's also on here Hero Trees. I do have this in front of me, which, you know, our Hero Trees protect plays. Sorry, I'll read that again. Our Hero Trees project plays a proactive role in safeguarding our climate and planet. By planting trees, we offset the world's carbon footprint and give back to communities in the process. Now, I didn't even see this until right now. I was about to shut down the website and I saw the trees. So it looks like they uh, you can give money to that that will help plant trees around the world in countries in need. Anyway, I love that they're doing that as well. So hopefully you have enjoyed today's episode. Like I said, I'm going to reach out to Bart Weijens, the founder of Apopo. I'm going to hope that he does come on. And as we know, sometimes it just doesn't work. Some people say no. Um, Rescheduling is always a problem, Um, but I'm going to try. And don't forget to go and watch Amy the Good Nurse and because Amy will be on in a few weeks and I can guarantee she'll be coming I just can't guarantee when all right that'll do for now um please have a great week please take care of yourself or a great weekend because this is today's Friday and uh, thank you again for always listening and thank you for extending kindness and generosity especially to those that you don't know and will never meet because that's humanity and I truly value that and I imagine that you do because you're also listening to this all the time so thank you very much and I'll see you next week see ya thanks for joining me I hope this episode inspired you to take action if you'd like to reach out then I'd love to hear from you info at getoffthebench.com.au and check out my website kerenvaughan.com otherwise keep believing in yourself celebrate the tiny wins and keep moving in the right direction 